اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 155 سورة الكهف آیہ نمبر 83-98 ویسألونك and they ask you who the Quraysh or the Yahud they asked the Prophet why in order to test his truthfulness in order to test whether or not he was really a messenger of Allah. So, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ They question you. عَنْ ذِلْقَرْنَيْنِ About ذُلْقَرْنَيْنِ Over here you see ذِلْقَرْنَيْنِ Isn't it so? You see the. But the actual name is what? ذُلْقَرْنَيْنِ Over here it is the because of عَنْ عَنْ makes it majrur. So if I say ذُلْقَرْنَيْنِ Whereas in the ayah it says ذِلْ قَرْنَيْنِ Then there is a reason behind that, okay? So, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنْ ذِلْ قَرْنَيْنِ Who is ذِلْ قَرْنَيْنِ ذِلْ قَرْنَيْنِ, remember, is a name or it is a title. And names and titles are not to be translated. Do you understand? They are not to be translated. For example, if a person's name is Sajida, what does Sajida mean? One who prostrates. So I am telling someone in English, Sajida came. Am I going to say one who prostrates came? No. What am I going to say? Sajida came. Okay? So, Dhul Qarnayn, we will keep it as Dhul Qarnayn. You do not need to translate it as possessor of two horns or possessor of whatever. Keep it simple, Dhul Qarnayn. And remember that Dhul Qarnayn was a person and there are Many opinions with regards to his identification. Some have said that Dhul Qarnayn was Alexander the Great. Why? Because in these ayat we will learn about how much Dhul Qarnayn traveled. He traveled from the east all the way to the west and he traveled everywhere. He conquered a lot of places. And in history we know that Alexander also, he had a great empire. However, remember that Alexander was not a monotheist. He did not believe in one God. And this is a fact. Therefore, it cannot be said that Dhul Qarnayn was Alexander. Others have said that Dhul Qarnayn was a Persian king who conquered Rome as well. So he was the conqueror of both Rome as well as Persia. He had two superpowers under him. And this is why he was given the title of Dhul Qarnayn. It is said that when Bukhtan Nasr the Roman king, when he destroyed Jerusalem and he burnt the books of the Bani Israel and he took the Bani Israel as captives, one of the captives was Daniel, who was a messenger to be sent to Bani Israel later. And it is said that he was shown a dream that the two-horned one, the one with the two horns, would conquer Babylon and he would liberate the Israelites. And this is exactly what happened that there was an emperor who came and he freed the Bani Israel and he returned them to their land. And this way, he got both Persia as well as Rome under his authority. So he was the king of both the Roman Empire as well as the Persian Empire. He had two super powers under his control. And it is said that this king, his name was Cyrus. C-Y-R-U-S. So, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنْ Now the question is, Whoever this person was, Allahu A'lam, why was he given this title? Why is he described as Zulqarnay? 
Let's look at the meaning of Zulqarnayn. Al-Qarnayn is a dual of Qarn. And Qarn is what? A horn. And a Qarn is also generation or century. And Zulqarnayn is the possessor of two horns or possessor of two centuries. And some have said that he was given this title because he was the possessor of a vast kingdom. He was the owner, he was a possessor of a vast kingdom. From the east to the west. Mashriq is Iqarn, east is Iqarn, and Maghrib west is also Iqarn. And Zulqarnayn, this emperor, he reached the two horns of the sun, the east and the west, where the sun rises and where the sun sets. The Prophet ﷺ said about Mashriq, حَيْسُ يَطْلُعُ قَرْنُ الشَّيْطَانِ And another hadith, بَيْنَ قَرْنَيْ شَيْطَانِ So we see that the east is a qarn and the west is also a qarn. And this person possessed both the qarn. Meaning he owned the east and he also owned the west. His empire was vast, it was huge. And this is why he was given this title. Some have said that he was given this title Zulqarnayn because he was a possessor of great strength and might. He was extremely courageous, he was very strong, he was powerful. And remember that the Qarn, the horn of an animal, what is that a symbol of? What is that a symbol of? Power, strength, might. Because with the horns it defends itself. Right? So... Dhulqarnayn, he's called Dhulqarnayn because he was extremely powerful. He had a lot of resources. He was very courageous. He would not fear people. He would continue to conquer one place after the other. Thirdly, it has also been said that he was given this title because he wore a crown or he wore a helmet that had two horns on it. Have you ever seen such a helmet, such a crown with two horns on it? Okay, Vikings, but it's not the Vikings who originated this tradition. It goes before the Vikings. It is said that in the prehistoric Europeans, about 12th century BC, that's the earliest that horned helmets or horned crowns have been found. So Allahu A'lam, where exactly Dhulqarnayn was from, which country, which background, which race, which time, Allahu A'lam. We have not been given these details. But what we have been told is that this person possessed great might, power, his empire was huge, and he was also an obedient, a righteous servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what made him special. Because over the course of history, there have been many people who have possessed great strength, great power, great empires. But what is lacking in all of them? Obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We see that Fir'aun was also a mighty king. He was a mighty ruler. But he was not obedient to Allah. So what made Zulqarnayn special, that Allah mentions him in the Qur'an, is his iman, it is his righteousness. So, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنْ ذِلْقَرْنَيْنِ They ask you about Zulqarnayn. Allah says, قُلْ Say to them, سَأَتْلُو I will recite alaykum upon you minhu from him meaning concerning him dhikran a report I will recite concerning Dhulqarnayn some report and notice minhu dhikran what does it show? 
some of, part of, meaning only some detail that is necessary for you to know, from which you can take some lesson. Everything about Zulqarnayn is not mentioned over here. Because everything about Zulqarnayn is not relevant to us. What is mentioned in the Qur'an is that which is necessary. Just as we saw in the previous incident as well, about Musa and Khadr. The name of the city was not mentioned, where Musa and Khadr went. All such minute details were not mentioned. But the details that are necessary, from which a lesson can be taken, those are mentioned. Inna indeed we. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Zulqarnayn. Who was he? That inna makkanna lahu, indeed we established him, fil ardi upon the earth. Allah had given him stability and establishment upon the earth. Remember the word makkanna, from makkana, yumakkinu tamkin. It is to give stability, strength, authority, firmness to someone. When someone has mulk, they have authority, they have power, they have kingdom, and they also have stability. The exact word was also used for who? Yusuf alayhi salam. كَذَلِكَ مَكَّنَّا لِيُوسُفِ يَتَبَوَّأُ مِنْهَا حَيْثُ يَشَاءِ He had freedom. He had the authority. So, إِنَّا مَكَّنَّا لَهُ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah gave him establishment. He gave him power. He gave him kingdom in the earth. وَآتَيْنَاهُ And we gave him مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Of everything سَبَبًا away A means. ذُلْقَرْنَيْن was provided with every means that he needed that were necessary for him. Now we see over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min kulli shay'in, from everything. Everything does not mean every single thing, what you own, what I own, what anybody owns in this dunya, no. Everything, meaning that is relevant, that he needed, that was necessary for him to acquire his goals, that was necessary for him to perform the tasks that he intended to. So, kulli shay'in is relevant to the context. It's not general. Okay? This is just like a person would say, Alhamdulillah, I have everything. What does it mean? I have sufficient. I have everything that I need. Similarly, we learn in the Quran that the queen of Sheba, she was described as, وَأُوتِيَتْ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ She has been given everything. But everything does not mean she was given every single thing of the heavens and the earth. Everything means... Everything that was necessary for her kingdom to be complete and to be perfect. So, وَآتَيْنَاهُمْ in كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Meaning every necessary thing, we had provided him with sabab, with means. What is sabab? Sabab is basically a rope. Literally, it is a rope through which a person climbs up a tree and down a tree. You can go up a tree with this rope and you can also come down with this rope, with the help of this rope. So, in other words, sabab is a means through which you can get to your destination. Through which you can acquire, you can achieve your goals. You can do what you want to do. What do you call this? Resources. Isn't it? Sabab is what? Resources. For example, if a person wants to travel somewhere, what sabab does he need? He needs a vehicle. He needs the gas. He needs the money. If he needs the visa, he needs the visa. He needs the passport, right? He needs the permission. All of these things are what? Resources, sabab, means. 
that facilitate a person, that enable him to acquire his goals. Now Allah describes Zulqarnayn as first of all he had stability, he had authority, he had power, and secondly he had all the resources necessary. He had all the resources that he needed in order to conquer all areas and regions. So he was given everything that he needed. And everything that he needed includes knowledge, manpower, strength, weapons, etc. So what did he do with all those resources? He became unjust on the people? No. Did he build a huge castle for himself and live there in luxury? No. All the resources that Allah had given him, he used them. فَأَتْبَعَ سَبَبًا So he followed away. He used the means. أَتْبَعَ is from the root letters. تَبَعَيْن And تَبَعَ as you know is to follow. But أَتْبَعَ يُتْبِعُ إِتْبَعَ It's of two types. It gives us two meanings. First of all, لَازِم So أَتْبَعَ is to follow, to pursue, to go after something or someone. And secondly, atbar is also muta'addi, which is to make someone follow, which is to subordinate, to send after. So atbar has been understood in two ways. That first of all, he followed sababan away. Meaning he went off conquering, he traveled on a particular path, he traveled in a particular direction. Atbara sababa. He followed a way, a course, a path, a road. And secondly, atbara has been understood as that he subordinated, he used the sabab that Allah had given him. He put them to use. Atbara. He made them follow, meaning he put them to use. All the resources Allah had given him, he put them to use. He benefited from them. Now many times we see that people are given various types of resources. Isn't it so? Two individuals are given the exact same amount of time every single day. Time is what? Sabab. Similarly, it's possible that they have the same knowledge. It's possible that they have the same duties. They have the same obligations. They have the same physical strength. However, one achieves more and one achieves less. One person does something with the resources that Allah has provided him, and another person, he just sits on his hands. He does not acquire anything. Who is better? The one who is using the resources that Allah has given him. Because that is gratitude. When Allah has given you something, what do we learn from the hadith? When Allah gives a blessing to a servant, to a slave, he likes to see its athar upon him. He likes it that a person should be using it. So, Zulqarnayn was also a human being. He was a person. Allah had given him resources. But what did he do with those resources? He used them. He benefited from them. And this is something that we also need to do. That the abilities, the time, the energy, the skills, the different types of resources that Allah has provided to us, we should also use them. Because we see that when Zulqarnayn used those resources, how much he achieved. Many times people complain, I can't do this. Why? I don't have the time. Many times this is what people are complaining about. I can't do this because I don't have the time. 
Whereas we see that other people might be more busy than them, but they're able to achieve. What's the difference? What's the difference? Sometimes it's in time management. Sometimes it's in one's perspective. That one person thinks, I have nothing, I have no time. Another person thinks, okay, I have little time, but at least I can do this much. So there's a difference in one's perspective. There's a difference in time management. There is a difference in how a person looks at the things that Allah has given him. So we see that depending on how a person views the things that Allah has given him, he can use them and acquire a lot or he can neglect them and waste his time and acquire nothing in his life. We see that Dhul Qarnayn, he used everything that Allah had given him. This is why he was able to achieve so much. Now many times we see that people have a lot, but still they're unable to achieve. We see that Dhul Qarnayn, he had so much, but what did he do? He acquired so much. But at the same time we see that people have so much, but they don't get to acquire anything. They don't get to achieve anything. Why? Because they are not using the resources, the resources are using them. Do you understand? Do you understand the difference? One is to use the things that Allah has given you to do something. And the other is that you let the things consume you. You let the things use you. You have the same amount of time. Either you can use that time to do something productive with what you have been given, Or you can use that time to serve these things, to always be sorting, to always be managing, to always be putting away. And when does it happen? When a person's life is not simple. When a person's life is not simple. The Sahaba, they were very simple. Simplicity does not mean you don't have anything. Simplicity means whatever you have, you use. And you don't have anything. That is just lying there because you just like it. That in case you might need it someday. We see that our lives are cluttered today. Our houses are cluttered today. And what effect does that have? We are unable to do anything. We are not able to achieve anything. Simplicity leads to productivity. And if you keep things just because you say you like them, just because you like the way they appear, then remember, it's going to consume you. There's a very interesting incident that once this person, he mentioned about his sheikh, his teacher, that my sheikh, may Allah have mercy upon him, once he called a carpenter to his house. And he requested that the carpenter should change the side from which the door of his library opens from one side to the other. You know how sometimes your door opens from the right, sometimes the left? Right? So he said that change the side. Just change the side. There's nothing wrong to change the side. So the carpenter responded from one side to the other. Like, what's the point of that? What's the benefit of that? What's the reason behind that? So the sheikh replied that when the door opens towards the left side, then this increases the distance to my library by a number of steps. And I go to the mosque to pray five times a day, along with having to go once or twice for household chores, or for personal matters. So how much of my time is wasted when accumulated as a result of all those extra steps which could be eliminated or reduced? Do you understand? So he said, change the side of the door so that I can save a few steps of mine. 
so that I can achieve more. Now think about it. When we have so many things in our houses, how much time we spend in just looking at those things? In just making sure it's sitting at the right angle. It's the right color. It's the right shade. And yes, there's no dust on it. How much time goes in these things? Obviously, how are we going to have time to read, to memorize, to learn more? We will not have time. Every time you have some free moments, what are you going to be concerned about? Okay, let me clean this. Let me fix this. Let me look at that. And this is where time goes. Because unfortunately, our things are consuming us. We are not consuming the things. So there has to be a shift. The things that we have, we should be using them. And if there is anything that you're not using, give it away. Just get rid of it. Because if you really need it, know that Allah will give you. Trust that Allah will give you if you really need it. And it's possible that you're just keeping it in your house just because you like it, just because in case you might need it. And as a result of that, somebody else is being deprived. Isn't it so? Think about it. Sometimes we have some clothes which are just hanging in the closet just in case I need to wear it someday. And every time you have to go somewhere, you think, I've worn this already. Isn't it? Isn't it what we say generally? And if I wear this again, people are going to say, oh, I saw you wearing this at that occasion. And this is why we don't wear it. And it's hanging in the closet for two years, three years, four years, and you're not going to wear it. Why? I've worn it once before. Every time you have to dress up, you go check that dress, and you say, I'm not going to wear it. Take it out. You're not going to wear it? Take it out. Save your time. Your time is too precious. So we see that فَأَتْبَعَ sababa. He put all the things to use. It wasn't that the things were using him. And this is why he was able to achieve so much. The Sahaba were able to achieve so much. The Prophet ﷺ, if you read Zadul Ma'ad, you will learn about the possessions of the Prophet ﷺ, what he owned in his house. And you will notice that there were just a few things, basic things, necessary things. And sometimes we go to an extreme. We say, get rid of everything. Don't have anything. But we see that if you don't have anything, you will not be able to do anything either. There has to be a balance. Where do you get that balance from? Everything I have, I should be using it. If I cannot find a use for it, out, gone. Declutter your life, declutter your stuff, and declutter your time as well. We see that one of the main things that makes a person more productive is good time management. And not just time management, but the management of other things as well. Like, for example, if you don't have your bag packed properly, and you need just one pen. One pen you need. And you can't find even one pen in your bag. Why? Because you don't have a pencil case, you don't have a fixed place for the pen. You're going to spend five minutes searching for a pen, which you could have saved by putting the pen in its proper place. So management leads to productivity. It leads to saving time. It gives you the ability to use what you have. Not that there are things are using you. They're consuming you, and you're not able to benefit from them.